If you would turn in our, for our scripture reading to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. Let's pick up at verse 10, the narrative of Jacob. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. The name of the city was Lodz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Turn over now to John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1. Jesus speaks to Nathanael in verse 51. He said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. 
Now, there's a big difference between the spoken word and the written word. Think of it how you send a text message, how you communicate that something is really important. Perhaps you leave all the caps on. When all the caps are on, what does that mean? Somebody is yelling, doesn't it? Uh, you younger people are probably very skilled in knowing how to emphasize certain things. Jesus' teachings in the book of John uh, typically begin with emphasis. And he would say those words that we find in verse 51, truly, truly. Not just one truly, but two trulys. All men and all men. It means, those words mean to be firm and steady and trustworthy. They are rendered as the word truth as well. And in this way, Jesus underlines his statements. He is saying that this is not just true, it's absolutely true. I tell you the utmost truth. And over the course of the summer, Lord willing, and through multiple speakers, we will be looking at the truly, truly statements of Jesus in the book of John to learn together, to pay attention to what Jesus doesn't want us to miss, the utmost truth. So let's pray together. Father. We pray that this series would bless us over the summer and that the truths communicated through our Lord and Savior would resound in our hearts and that we would pay that attention that these words need. And now in the power of your Holy Spirit, seal them to us in Jesus' name, amen. In John chapter one, John the Baptist has witnessed of Christ in the wilderness. Look at verse uh, 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist. Look over at verse 29. The next day he, that is John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. He bore witness to Jesus. He said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. 
He bears witness. And then we are quickly introduced to disciples of John. These disciples, Simon and Andrew, are on a quest. They are on a search. Verse 35, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. They changed their allegiance. They were following John the Baptist. John the Baptist bears witness of Christ, and now they are following Jesus Christ. We find in verse 38, Jesus' first words, he turned and saw them and said to them, what are you seeking? What are you seeking? What is this quest you're on? What pilgrimage are you on? And they are on this pilgrimage to find God. And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Notice the comment is made by John, which means teacher. This indicates that Gentiles are reading this book as well as Jews. They ask, where are you staying? Jesus has been given two names so far. Have you noticed them? The Lamb of God and now Rabbi or teacher. And where are you staying? The place where Jesus was staying as a rabbi would be called the teaching house of Jesus. It's not the synagogue. It's not the temple. Rabbis, scholars, would have teaching houses, places where they were known to to set up shop, as it were, in order to teach the Word of God to their disciples. And so Andrew and Peter are very concerned. Where are you staying? Where is your teaching house? Where can we go to learn more from you is what they're asking. And you can see Jesus' response in verse 39. He said to them, come and you will see. Come and you will see. That phrase has a long history in Jewish literature. It means come and get wisdom. Come and see. And so they do, and they stay with him. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, and then we're given the Greek Gentile interpretation of the Jewish name Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. It means Peter. In the midst of all of these names, we have 
names that are placed upon Jesus. The first was the Lamb of God. That's a phrase that's pregnant with meaning and goes back to the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, the sacrifice for sins. We have the name Rabbi, teacher. And now we have Messiah, the anointed one, the Christos, the Christ. And then verse 43 tells us the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. <coughs> now, scholars debate who he is. We leap to the conclusion that it's Jesus because Jesus is just mentioned in verse 42, the first phrase. But many scholars, including uh, D.A. Carson, argue that he is actually Andrew. Andrew found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Wow. Notice, as we pause for a moment, these seekers of truth. We have four of them given to us. Andrew, Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. They are seekers. They are on a pilgrimage of sorts, and they are being witness to of Christ. They are witness to Christ in their early stages of faith. Uh, Philip is very active, Andrew very active. It's like a chain reaction, Andrew, Simon, Philip, Nathaniel, They're telling about Jesus. We found him. We found the one whom the Old Testament tells us of, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lamb of God, the Rabbi. Do you remember who told you first? Do you remember who told you about Jesus first? Who led you? Who brought you? Who introduced you to Jesus? The words of Recently, converted people are powerful words. I remember when I was trying to tell Charlene the, the gospel for the first time, I had been converted, and, and in my immature beginning stages of faith, not knowing very much, but I was trying to tell her, and I was just shaking. I was shaking physically, verbally, um, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't control it. I was, I was so excited to tell her. When Charlene was converted as well, we eventually made our way back to Pembroke and we told her parents about 
Jesus. And our uh, naive, uh, immature way, those beginning words of witnessing and bearing witness of the Christ, it didn't go that well. It didn't go well. I'm sure we shared from John 3.16 was probably the only verse we knew at the time when Charlene's mom was dying this year she on her last day Charlene sat with her and read the entire book of John uh, to her we hope that she heard some something of Christ and, and so we have this chain of witnesses somebody told you you know you're supposed to tell somebody else and so on and so on this is how Christianity spreads this is how we bear witness of Christ to other people and so the chain of witnesses continues here John the Baptist, Andrew, Andrew to Peter, Peter to Philip, Philip to Nathaniel. Nathaniel, verse 46, uh, the word Nathaniel means gift of God. And it's almost a play on words that, that the disciples are, are being seen as a gift of God to Jesus himself. And Philip demonstrates that the disciples hadn't really come to a full understanding yet of who Christ was. I mean, Philip's not able to answer Nathaniel's questions. Nathaniel says the very famous line, verse 46, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I mean, can anything good, he says. It's the other side of the tracks, so to speak. It's the the place you don't, you don't go in those days to be a tourist. Philip said to him, look at the words, come and see. The same words, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, of whom there is no deceit. So he commends his honest heart here. There's no guile. He is honestly seeking. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, this is a curious statement. Um, Nathanael is appealed to on the basis of the Old Testament law. If you notice, as Philip spoke to him in verse 45, Moses in the law and the prophets spoke. And to have somebody sit under a fig tree was a common place for a biblical scholar to be outdoors under the fig tree. It would be the place where a scholar would go and study out, outside. And so Nathaniel is being shown to be a biblical scholar here. And he has a healthy skepticism. Who is this Christ? 
Who, who is this Jesus? And Jesus' recognition of the scholar in Nathaniel, he responds, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. You see, he knew that when he said nothing good comes out of Nazareth, he knew that it was Bethlehem where the Messiah was to come from. As an Old Testament scholar, he knew that. He didn't know Jesus' history and how he was born in, in Bethlehem. He has no trickery in his heart. He's an honest man heart. Better to be a Nathaniel who has a healthy inquiry going on here. He has some open doubt. Better to be a Nathaniel than a secret betrayer who says they follow Jesus, even kisses him, and betrays him like Judas. Philip, in his invitation to Nathaniel, come and see, that is, come and see, and then you'll believe. And Jesus greets him, recognizes his scholarly uh, level, that he is indeed uh, one who knows, his, knows the scriptures. And then he says this in verse 51, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Wow. Most, most scholars today believe this is the passage from Genesis 28 that we read earlier with Jacob and the ladder that Nathaniel was studying under the fig tree. And this is the heart of this passage here. Jesus is saying, greater things you'll see. Jacob's Ladder is a popular image. Did you grow up singing that? We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, it's a nice little tune. Bad theology, but a good tune. Because we don't climb it, do we? The climbing of Jacob's Ladder it's not for us, it's not our effort that we get to, to God, it's not through our works that we climb to heaven. Jacob saw angels coming and going, that's what he saw, not us trying to work our way up into heaven. The ladder of angels coming and going he would say, surely the Lord is in this place where the ladder touched earth and the angels got off. And he says, this, this is the, the, the place of God. I didn't even know it. This is the house of God. The gate of heaven is right here. And he calls it Bethel, the house of God. Right where he lay his head on the rock was the intersection of heaven and earth. It was the place. And Jacob would say, how awesome is this place? 
and the revelation given to us now that we're not supposed to miss truly, truly don't miss this. It's Jesus is saying that he now, it's not a place, it's a person where heaven and earth intersect. He is the person the place points to. Where Jacob set up a pillar on the rocks. Jesus is the pillar. He is the Lamb of God. He is the rabbi. He's the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel, and the Son of Man, he says here in verse 51. He is the dwelling place of God on earth. He is the intersection between God and man. He's the Son of Man. The place is a person. And Jesus is our Bethel. He is the house of God. He is the temple of God on earth. This is the meaning of verse 51. And this is the truth that he wants Nathaniel and Philip and Andrew and Simon to know this, of who he is. And that this is awesome. This is awesome. The son of man, in verse 51 here, that was Jesus' favorite depiction of himself in the Gospels. He used this phrase more than any other, and it goes directly to the prophet Daniel. Daniel 7, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him, this is the Son of Man, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. How awesome is this place, Jacob said, on that rocky ground. And we, we say how awesome is Jesus. How awesome is this person. Our truly, truly worship is not focused on a physical place. It's focused on a person. And Nathaniel, you'll see Jesus as the temple of God on earth, the house of God, where full humanity and full deity reside. Jesus, in chapter 4, um, will identify himself as that temple. He'll say true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. It's not going to be a place. It is the person, Christ himself. And in chapter 2, when he cleanses the temple, he'll call himself the temple of God. He'll say, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. So, as Jacob said, behold, we 
say, behold, the text says, behold, he's the Lamb of God, he's the Messiah, he's the Rabbi, he's the Christ, he's the Son of God, he's the King of Israel, he's the Son of Man, he's the Temple of God, he's the Word, he's the Light, he's the Creator, he's the Glory and the Truth, he's God himself, and this is all in the first chapter. How awesome. And we ought to see the emphasis of what Jesus wants us to know right at the beginning. Truly, truly, I say to you. And the pilgrims of his disciples, the pilgrimage they're on is making progress as they tell others and tell others. What are you seeking? God created us with this drive to be curious and to wonder and to explore and to journey and to, to go on quests. But our sinfulness takes this quest and points us so often in the wrong direction as we saw over the last weeks. People seeking wealth and seeking power and seeking self-fulfillment and seeking their own interest. Remember the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. How much better just to seek the Lord and to seek his wisdom and his purpose and his promises to head north again. And when you seek God, you will be led step by step on your pilgrimage, step by step to Jesus. Andrew, Peter, Philip, Nathaniel have started out on their pilgrim's progress. And in time, they will come to a full understanding. In time, they will come to a full knowledge of and faith in Jesus. No matter where you are today, seeking, come. That phrase, come and see, is used over and over in the book of the Gospel of John. Come and see, come and see. But then Jesus went to heaven. And remember Thomas, after the resurrection, <laughs> unless I see in the, his hands the marks of the nails, place my finger in his side, I will never believe. And Jesus said, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He is the Lamb of God, the Rabbi, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel, the Son of Man, the Temple of God, the Word, the Light, the Glory, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, truly, truly, we ask 
that the awesomeness of Christ might grip our heart this week. The awesomeness of our Savior and who he is. That he is the God-man that you sent him to die for our sins, to be raised, to be taken up into glory, to come again, to take dominion over all things. We pray that we might, as good disciples, follow him. That as good disciples, we would make progress on our pilgrimage. And that uh, every day, we will be reminded of how precious and wonderful he is. And all that he did for us. And so, Father, thank you for him. Over the course of this summer, as we look at these truly, truly statements, we ask that we would be blessed and encouraged and affirmed in our faith, that we would be built up and steadfast in our following Jesus. And we pray in his awesome name. Amen.